This is Know It All, the ABCs of Education, a platform of Allison Brown Consulting, ABC, where we empower our listeners with insightful information about equity in education. Welcome to Know It All, the ABCs of Education. We are on the air every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And of course, you can always listen to the show at any time from your computer at blogtalkradio.com forward slash knowitall. That's where you can access the chat room during the show and follow Know It All for regular updates. I'm your host, Allison R. Brown, president of Allison Brown Consulting, ABC, where we create education equity plans and promote equity in education in compliance with federal civil rights law. Our website is allisonbrownconsulting.com. There you can read our blog and subscribe to the ABC Know-It-All newsletter. If you're tweeting, follow me at Allison R. Brown and tweet about the show with the hashtag KnowItAllABC. My guest today is Dr. Angel Harris. Dr. Harris is co-author of a critically important new study about parental involvement in schools. The findings are quite surprising. Dr. Harris is an associate professor of sociology at Duke University, where he focuses his research on social inequality, policy, and education. Welcome to the show, Dr. Harris. Thank you so much for being on Know-It-All. Thanks for having me. So this study is a first of its kind, right? How, how is the study unique? Well, there have been many studies in the past on parental involvement, uh, but many many of these studies often focus on various aspects of parental involvement. They might focus on parental involvement at home. They might focus at parental involvement at school. What this study, what we did in this study was that we uh, examined the last three decades of data to determine whether or not there you know, was a relationship between parental involvement and achievement. And so we use you know, panel data across the last three decades, uh, and we included nearly every measure of parental involvement that we could find in these data sets in order to uh, provide a, an extensive assessment of parental involvement. Mm-hmm. And so I think the study is very, very interesting, and, and I know that it's gotten a lot of attention, why was it important to you that, that you examined parental involvement in the way that you did? Well, it's one of the primary answers to the problems we have in our schools today. And so you, uh, there, there are the, the major federal policies of the past uh, few administrations have focused on or emphasized parental involvement as a potential solution or as one of the solutions to the problems that we have with with regard to our schools. And also there are some narratives that exist about uh, why uh, some some groups uh, perform poorly academically than others, particularly black and brown uh, kids that perhaps is due to the fact that their parents are less involved. And so what we wanted to do in this book was to really examine uh, the things that people traditionally think of as parental involvement and, and assess, you know, how these groups, how racial groups differ on these factors or how, these, how uh, parental involvement differs by social class and what implication do this parental involvement have for achievement and also for achievement gaps based on social class and race. Mm-hmm. 
And so I, I want to talk about that a little bit. You you found that um, you actually looked at several different aspects of parental involvement, and you looked at them by race and by socioeconomic status. Um, will you just talk about what, what it is that you found? Yes. So in the study, we examined over 60 forms of parental involvement. Now, we define parental involvement as things that parents do to uh, specifically influence reading, math, and grades. So for example, taking your child to the museum is not a form of involvement that we examine. Those are things that we think would fall under general cultivating the child. or you know. So it's not a study on parenting in general. It is a study on uh, the, the domains of parenting that are specifically connected to academic outcomes. So for example, helping with homework, talking to the teacher, attending PTA meetings, talking to the kid about their school experiences, having rules about grades and GPA. So these are for traditional forms of involvement that parents engage in only because academic outcomes exist. Right, so there's some forms of parenting that parents engage in uh, that they do in general, uh, even if parenting, even if academic out outcomes do not exist. So, for example, like you know, going to the movies with the child or taking the child on a trip um, uh, to another country. These are all forms of involvement, but they don't deal specifically with academic outcomes. And so, the study specifically focusing on the forms of involvement that uh, affect outcomes. And, or people think affect outcomes. And so we had over 60 of these measures. And what we set out to do was to see whether or not uh, these uh, uh, measures, um, whether or not the population differed on these measures based on race and class. So we examined how racial groups differed on these forms of involvement on all 60 of these, and also how groups, uh, parents from different social class groups differ on these factors as well. And I guess what we found was that uh, parents, based on race, uh, parents did not really differ very much in terms of how often they're involved in their children's achievement, uh, I'm sorry, in children's academic, yeah, uh, schooling, when it came to parents' involvement at home. They did differ when it comes to parents' involvement at school with minority parents being less involved. Uh, but for the most part, parents appeared similar at home uh, and when I looked at when we looked at the extent to which these factors of these forms of involvement predict achievement, we found that for the most part, uh, the, there were not as many positive associations between parental involvement and achievement as one might expect. And and between parental involvement in the in the school and academic achievement, is that what you mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, I, well, first of all, I didn't know that there were, could be more than 60 forms <laughs> of parental involvement. Um, were there, what were some of the more obscure or unanticipated activities that, that, um, that were parental involvement activities? Well, for example, if you're looking at parental involvement at home, uh, there are factors such as regularly talk to the child about their school experiences regularly talk to the child about their high school plans, talking about their post-high school plans, having a rule about homework, having a rule about grades, whether or not the parent helps the child decide their school courses, whether or not they help with homework. 
uh, whether or not they expect the child to go uh, beyond um, their, their expectations, uh, whether they expect the child to, to attend school beyond uh, high school, uh, whether they read to the child. So these are about, I just listed about 10 factors of uh, parental involvement at home. And then at school, there's PTA member, whether you attend a PTA meeting, whether you participate in PTA activities, whether you volunteer at school. So there are many factors. And, and again, all of these factors are things that um, uh, parents only employ because academic outcomes exist. Uh, it's observed classroom. There's um, obtained information on the teacher before the school year. There's request a particular teacher. There's converse with the principal, general conversation, uh, informal conversation with the principal, with the teacher, having a conference with the teacher and principal, um, presenting to the class, uh, which could be perhaps reading to the class. So there, there are many different activities that we examined. Uh, and so uh, when, when you so this was truly a study that focused on sort of these traditional forms of parental involvement rather than overall parenting. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I find most grating is arguments about um, school reform and the achievement gap and other areas is the argument that, you know, those families don't value education, don't care about education, and that's why we see academic achievement gaps. Will you talk about your findings specifically? You said, you know, that there was some difference between parental involvement in home or in the uh, school setting uh, by race. Will you just talk specifically about what what it is that you found? Well, sure. Well, when it when uh, when the analyses were conducted for parental involvement at home, the racial differences were not uh, were pretty much non-existent. However, you did see some differences with parental involvement at school. Now, that's only consequential if, in fact, the forms of parental involvement being examined are predictive of achievement or have a relationship to achievement. So, the way to the way we examined that was. Imagine taking a room full of parents and sorting them into two groups, the helpers and the non-helpers. Let's just say helping with homework is the form of involvement we're talking about. So imagine you, you, you sort the parents into the helpers and the non-helpers. Well, that if helping with homework is beneficial to achievement, you would expect that the average achievement for the children of the helpers should be higher than the average achievement of the children of the non-helpers. And what we found is that the achievement of the helpers, uh, if you take all these forms of involvement that we looked at across race and class, that the achievement of the helpers was uh, higher in about 15 to 20% of the cases we examined. However, the achievement of the non-helping, non-helpers, you know, the, the, the children whose parents do not help, their achievement was higher in about 30% of the cases we examined. Right? So in about 50% of the cases, there was not a difference in achievement between the two groups. So what this means is that, in general, there are more cases in which parental involvement seems to be detrimental for achievement than beneficial. So what does this mean? So if you find that helping with homework is associated with declines in achievement, which we did find across most groups, uh, regardless of race and class, well, what that means is if you have children who are performing poorly and you're trying to address an achievement gap, 
sending parents to help their kids with homework could actually exacerbate the problem. Right? So does this mean that helping with homework is a bad thing inherently? Perhaps not. But the way parents are engaging in that behavior uh, could, could be uh, in a form where they're making the problem worse. Right? So for example, reading to the child. I could read to the child with the book facing me. You could read to the child with the book facing the child. We're both reading to the child, but one form may be more effective than the other. So the value of this research is the, 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 the nuance, the nuances in the findings that um, what, what they're really highlighting is that parents do not know how to employ these forms of involvement. And to assume that they do uh, is, is, is a false assumption. So I feel like I'm hearing a, um, a simultaneous sigh of relief from parents and uh, that, <laughs> oh, thank God, I don't have to help with homework, but also a sense of panic because maybe I'm meddling in the wrong ways as a, as a parent. And I'm wondering if you examined or, or is this a, a next, um, if you looked at, so if we, we stick with homework help, for example, does it matter if we're talking about, uh, say, third grade homework versus, you know, 12th grade calculus, or um, yes. is that just across the board? Uh, with the homework help, it was pretty much across the board. Helping with homework seems to be associated with declines in achievement. Now, many people will think, well, this is because parents are helping uh, the kids who are having trouble in school. And so perhaps it's that uh, they're responding to a child who's having difficulty, and this is what's explaining uh, the negative association. And this is an interpretation that a lot of people uh, take when they hear this, this, this result. However, the, the, we, the, the way the findings were, um, the, way, the way the analyses were conducted, uh, what we actually assess is the change in achievement. So for example, uh, let's say you are a student who has an average of 90 uh, in your class, and I have an average of 60 in my class. Well, let's say our parents help us both with our homework. Um, what we measure is, uh, let's say you went from a 90 to a 95, and I went from a 60 to a 65. In that case, we both benefited, right, regardless of whether you were poor student or a good student, right? But if you went from a 90 uh, at time one to an 85 in time two, well then helping with homework was associated with declines. And so essentially what our analysis did was we looked at the change in achievement uh, for, each, for each child and we're reporting averages in change in achievement that can be attributed to these forms of involvement. And so what, it's, what, what these findings are suggesting is that and, and again, we look at mainly frequencies of, of, of involvement in, in these different forms of, of, of parental involvement. So what I find it's suggesting is that parents who are engaging in some of these forms of involvement are actually engaging in these forms of involvement in a manner that is uh, compromising children's achievement. Um, and so it could, it could be that parents are not understanding the homework assignment in the way that the teachers are teaching it. It could be that by the time the kid is in the fifth and sixth grade, they're challenging the upper limits of parents' ability to help with homework. Uh, and it could be that parents are um, trying to explain the material in a manner that they learned it 20, 30 years ago, and now they're teaching it a different way. So there are a number of factors why this might be the case, 
But um, the takeaway point is that rather than try to dismiss the finding, I think it's a chance for a diagnosis. It's a diagnostic. It's a chance to say, hey, what are the things that parents are doing ineffectively, and how can we perhaps investigate or look into um, uh, how parents are enacting these forms of involvement and perhaps try to adjust them so that they're not compromising their children's achievement. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you're finding that, that some parental involvement activities are actually harmful to students. Yes. Can you name, other than, other than homework help, what are some other activities that you found that, that actually were potentially detrimental? Okay. Now, it's important to uh, frame what what harmful means in in this context or detrimental. Uh, What it means is that the the children whose parents are engaging in it have lower achievement than the children whose parents are not. So it's not necessarily that, let's say, helping with homework is bad. It just means that currently the average achievement of the children of the helpers is lower. So... What are some forms of involvement? Well, that's where the nuance comes in. It really depends on the racial group you're talking about. It depends on the academic achievement measure you're talking about. So, for example, let's take reading to the child. Reading to the child is beneficial for white youth in reading and math. In other words, it helps their reading and math. Uh, It's beneficial for Hispanics in just reading, not math, And for blacks, the children who are read to actually have lower achievement than those who are not read to in both reading and math. So it really does depend. So for every form of involvement, you have to look at the racial group in question and you have to look at the form of achievement in question. And so there are some forms of achievement that are beneficial in reading for one group but not in math and grades for that group, for the same group. Right? And then there are some forms of involvement that are detrimental in reading but helpful in math for the same group. And so the findings are really nuanced. Yeah. And so it's hard to look across the board and find measures that are beneficial. About the only one that seems to be beneficial across the board is parents' expectations. When parents expect their children to pursue education beyond high school, in general, those children tend to do better. And so it could be the parents are communicating something to their children. Uh, and uh, the one that seems to be negatively, uh, consistently negative across the board is help with homework. Hmm. Interesting. And so for those nuances, do you have, let's take the reading example that you just gave, do you have hypotheses about why it is that reading for white children is beneficial and reading, reading to children to white children is beneficial to them in reading and math, reading to Latino children is uh, beneficial to them only in reading and reading to African-American children is actually not at all helpful? Well, this is like, so again, so I look at these findings as a diagnostic. So, so it's basically simply saying that right now uh, the way white parents are reading to their children is resonating with their children in a way that is not happening for black children. Now, on the flip side, uh, Volunteering at the school, that seems to be beneficial for black children in both reading and math, but is associated with negative achievement for whites in reading and math. 
right? So that means that black parents are volunteering at school in a manner that seems to be resonating with their children, and the opposite is true for white parents. Mm. So it's, it's, it's really a mixed bag. What, you find, what we find is really a mixed bag, and it's, it's really, um, like I said, they're only about 20% of, 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 of the, the, the overall findings that we, that we analyze, only about 20% of them that are positive in the entire book, and they are, slight, they are actually more negative ones. But for the most part, uh, for many of these, for most of the analyses that we conducted, there really did not seem to be a connection between involvement and achievement for most of the forms of involvement we, we, we assessed. And so it's, it's really a mixed bag, and it's tough to find a pattern. Uh, but what this does, the take-home point is, is that one should not assume that telling parents to, since parental involvement is good and doesn't matter what you do, it's going to help, that that's, the, that's not the right message, that essentially um, uh, we can't assume that anything, they, anything parents do is good, and we also can't assume that parents know how to be involved that in fact there are some things that they might do in an attempt to help, and they might engage in these behaviors in a manner that compromises achievement, inadvertently, of course. Mm -hmm. The right message for schools and educators about, and policymakers about parental involvement yeah. in, in schools and in homes. Well, the right message is that parents need help with how to be involved. Right. that um, we should not assume that they know how to be involved and we shouldn't just tell them, be involved in any way that you can. Anything you do will help. Uh, that that's not the message because that is assuming that they know how to be involved and that's, and that's a big assumption. It's also assuming that they have all the answers. All they have to do is just pick one, pick any answer that occurs to them and that's, and that's wrong because... Um, I don't think there's any parent that has all the answers. But uh, the other thing that is important is that there are some messages that I think can uh, be said across the board. So, for example, there's a chapter in the book in which we examine how parents respond to poor performance. And we sort some measures of parental involvement into two groups, punitive responses to poor performance and non-punitive so punitive, you can imagine, are things like punish a child, withhold rewards, and non-punitive are things like help the child, um, monitor the child, encourage the child, talk to the teacher. And so you have punitive and non-punitive forms of involvement with regard to responding to poor achievement in particular. Now, mm -hmm. our findings show that black parents tend to prefer or employ punitive measures in response to poor performance more than white parents, and the opposite is true for non-punitive measures. In other words, white parents seem to employ non-punitive responses to poor performance more than black parents. Okay? Now, when we examined the connection between these forms of involvement and achievement, we found that punitive forms of involvement are associated with declines in reading and math and non-punitive are associated with increases in reading and math. And these findings hold even when the analyses are assessed for just the black sample and just the white sample. So in other words, punitive hurts, non-punitive helps. Remember, 
I said black parents are more likely to engage in punitive. So they're more likely mm-hmm. to do more of what hurts and less of what helps. So then the question becomes, if you're trying to close the achievement gap and you're trying to bring up the achievement of students at the bottom, do you really want their parents to be more involved mm-hmm. in response to poor performance? Hmm. Right. So what are some things other than parental involvement that do work for academic success and closing achievement or preferably uh, opportunity gap? Well, um, there's you know, there's what happens in what happens in the classroom, right? There's uh, uh, teachers, uh, uh, the, perhaps there are things uh, related to teacher training that might be effective. Uh, but one important thing that our study does show is that social class seems to be uh, more predictive of achievement and has uh, more of a consequence on the achievement gap than really anything parents actually do. And so positionality matters. Whether you are affluent, upper middle class, whether you are disadvantaged, that that actually matters more uh, to children's academic outcomes than the things that parents actually do to be involved. Right? And so oftentimes people see uh, in affluent school districts, you see high levels of involvement, you see high achievement. So it's natural to conclude that the high involvement is causing the high achievement, right? However, something else that both of those factors have in common, right, high involvement and high achievement is also accompanied usually by high level of resources. And so that's, our findings suggest that that's what's driving um, uh, student success in many cases. So you could imagine that um, if you walk through the home of a uh, school principal or a dean of a college or a college professor, and you just walk through their home for about 10, 15, 20 seconds, and then you come out, and you do the same thing for a poor family in urban America, and you walk through their home for about 10, 20 seconds. You could imagine in which, in which home would you imagine that a child would perform better academically even if the parents never engage a child with regard to schooling, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in one home, there's probably a home office. Uh, uh, you, they probably listen to NPR. They probably mm-hmm. listen to programs like this. Uh, they probably read the New York Times, Washington Post. Uh, they probably have friends who are above the national average in terms of education. They engage in verbal jousting. When they're having dinner parties, people say something and you might say, on what basis are you making that claim? You know? And so there's a verbal jousting. The child may not be in the room, but it's in the air. They're breathing it. It's in the air. And so these things are all beneficial for achievement, critical thinking. Now, those parents, of course, will get credit for being superior parents in terms of their involvement, but in actuality, the kids are benefiting from the lifestyle, things associated with advantage that they're able to access. And so our findings suggest that that 
is more important for academic outcomes than really anything the parents do. And and in your parental involvement research, did did you so when we're talking about volunteering in school, for example, and uh, that it is beneficial for black children in a way that it isn't for white children? Did you look at that across? Is that applicable across the socioeconomic spectrum for black children and white children, or were there differences there? Well, the findings that we analyzed by race and class suggest that uh, the findings are pretty robust. you know, when, when analysis was conducted by race. So, for example, in the chapter in which we examined response to poor performance, we found that black parents across the board, regardless of class, employed punitive response to poor performance more often than white parents, regardless of class. Uh, and the opposite was true with uh, non-punitive measures. And so uh, the findings were pretty, pretty robust by race and class. Mm-hmm. So were you at all surprised by what you found in your research? Very surprised, actually. Uh, Did not know what to expect, but was surprised by the uh, small percentage of of, um, positive estimates we obtained. So, for example, when I say estimate, what I mean is uh, if, if, if the helpers with regard to homework um, have lower achievement than the, than, than the uh, non-helpers, uh, that's one estimate. Right? So we have over 1,500 estimates in the book. And I was very surprised to find that roughly you know, 15 to 20% of those estimates were positive, indicating that the helpers had higher achievements. Uh, that was surprising to me, and what was even more surprising was that there were more negative estimates indicating that the helpers had lower achievement than the non-helpers. And so the fact that we have more negative estimates really surprised me, uh, and I, I, it, it then had us thinking, well, how do we interpret this? And you know, the interpretation, as far as we, the, the data allows us to go, is that parents are employing these behaviors in general in a form that's not maximizing the effectiveness that these behaviors could, might be able to have. Mm-hmm. And have you changed your, your messaging around what you say works for student success? Is there, has there been a big shift in what you say now, given your findings? Well, uh, what we are saying is that parental involvement in terms of the traditional forms of parental involvement uh, is, is perhaps not the best strategy uh, for solving a lot of our educational problems. Um, and so if, in fact, uh, we want to use parental involvement as a strategy in our schools, and that's, that, that's probably not a bad idea because Parents are a policy intervention in the home. And so if we want to use that, that we have to learn how to use that effectively. And we have to learn how to um, uh, help parents uh, you know, enact some of these forms of involvement in a manner that 
even if it's not helping, that perhaps doesn't compromise achievement. Because some of these forms of involvement, although they may not be important for achievement, or when I, when I say that, what I mean is although they may not be associated with achievement, they might be important for other things. So for example, they could be important for overall child development, parent-child bonding. It could be important for uh, how the child feels about themselves, you know, just overall development. And so it, even if something doesn't increase a test score, uh, it might be beneficial in other ways. And so we're not necessarily saying that these forms of involvement, you know, if they don't, if they don't increase achievement, they're bad. Uh, we're simply saying that um, they're not going to increase reading, math, or grades. And so the, the, um, the benefits of parental involvement were limited to simply academic outcomes. Mm-hmm. So when advocates talk about school culture and encourage schools to create a nurturing and welcoming environment for students and their families, and, and also encourage schools to invite parents in for meaningful engagement. Is that still a useful exercise for advocates, or should they focus elsewhere? I think it's meaningful uh, if the assumption is not that anything parents do will help. Uh, the assumption, the starting point has to be um, parents have the potential to um, help, uh, but we have to provide them with the tools uh, to, to, to be able to help effectively. Mm-hmm. So if you were to design a a, a parental involvement training center or training program. How would you design that training around all of the different nuances that you found in your research, including racial differences and class differences? What would that training program look like? Wow, that's so. That's a certainly a big question. Uh, what what I would do is I think I would find uh, a, a set of you know, teachers, uh, practitioners, teachers, uh, school administrators, and um, go through some of the findings with them and allow them to come up with the appropriate strategies for how to convey this to parents. Uh, because even though we, Keith and I, did this study, we do not have, um, we, we, we don't pretend to know how to um, um, convey this to parents in the most effective manner, right? There's a skill to doing that, and there are people who are far better trained at how to uh, implement a, 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 a model for family engagement with schools in a better way than we can. And so I think that, perhaps the best thing that um, you know, we could do is to try to work with um, school administrators, teachers, educators in general to help them understand the nuances of the findings and to uh, perhaps um, allow them to come up with a program or some kind of intervention that maximizes uh, whatever benefits are in parental involvement. Mm-hmm. So, uh, will you just talk a little bit about the, the public reception 
to the study? What what has what has been the the uh, the reception that you've received? Well, initially it was pretty positive, and people felt a sigh of relief. You know, the, thank goodness this means that uh, <laughs> I'm not a bad parent. I'm off the hook. And that's right, I'm off the hook. And I think that that was the case initially. However, I think that a lot of uh, uh, people um, became upset over time, particularly when the story hit the New York Times. And some of the responses have been, well, part of it is that a lot of people are thinking about it in this way. I was involved in my child's education, and I know that it made a difference. Or my parents were involved in my education, and so therefore I know it made a difference because look at me now. And with those people, uh, what I try to convey is that those people would show up in our data set as, let's say, one of the helpers who experienced an increase in achievement uh, or, or who had higher uh, who increased uh, who experienced an increase in achievement over time when their parents helped, so they would show up that way. However, uh, there were more children for which the change in achievement was negative, right? And so the findings are capturing the average of all those children. And so if there are more uh, who experience a decline in achievement, well then they're going to carry the finding. Right. And so, um, in other words, it may have been different for your particular situation, and that's the anecdote, but the findings suggest when they're based on a larger sample of children, uh, the, findings suggest, the findings may be different with what you experience. And so that's, that's one that's hard to try to get people to, to understand, is to pull back from their own personal experience. The other thing is that a lot of people are responding you know, very emotionally as though uh, Keith and I had an agenda to say parental involvement did not work and um, we, this is, this is um, you know, some agenda that we had. And, and we really just wanted to answer the question and provide, you know, provide a good study, provide a study that was competently done, and that was the goal. That's all we tried to do. And the findings were what they were, and you let them speak for themselves. And so, um, you know, that's, that's also part of the, the reaction. Uh, people are, you know, trying to um, talk about um, the, the, the methodology or things that are, that are wrong with the study as opposed to take, take, taking a step back and saying, what can we learn from this study? Mm-hmm. And so if you were to do part two of this research, it sounds like there are a lot of threads here that that could be that you really could pick up on and, and run with in a in a whole new direction. Um, what what would the next step in your research be? What would what would volume two of your book, the Broken Compass, be? Well, uh, volume two would be uh, examining some of these measures more closely and getting into the quality of these of, of the form of involvement. And so all we were able to look at was the frequency of involvement. However, in order to look at the quality of the involvement, that would require a more ethnographic study where you know, we'd have to observe parents engaging in these forms of involvement and then assess the differences in achievement 
for children whose parents may um, implement a form of involvement in one particular way versus a different versus a different way, right? So if we observe parents uh, reading to the child in one form or we, we observe three or four different ways that parents uh, read to the child, uh, seeing if there's a difference across those three or four different ways that parents do that. And that would allow us to um, get, gain insight into um, the quality of some of, these, some of these forms of involvement. And I think that would be the next step because I think that that's, that's what would explain some of our findings is that um, there are differences in how parents employ the same forms of involvement. And so if there were one thing that you could say to parents right now from your research on parental involvement, what, what is the one thing that you would say to parents right now? Okay, I would, can I have two things? Sure. I would say, okay, I would say uh, do not respond in punitive ways to your child's poor performance, and poor performance can be defined as performance lower than expected. Um, and the second thing is uh, do not assume that you have all the answers uh, when in doubt, consult with the professionals who are the educators, the teachers. Um, there's a skill to that, and this is why they, they you know, they, they're teachers. They, they, they know, they, you know, they, they train for that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we have reached the end of our show. Dr. Angel Harris is co-author with Dr. Keith Robinson of The Broken Compass, Parental Involvement with Children's Education. It has been published by Harvard University Press. You can purchase it at Amazon.com or at www.hup.harvard.edu. That's the Harvard University Press website. Dr. Angel Harris is a professor of sociology at Duke University. Thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Harris. Thank you for having me. Audience, you are now officially certified know-it-alls about parental involvement and whether it is actually overrated. Remember to follow Know-It-All, the ABCs of Education on Blog Talk Radio. Follow me at Allison R. Brown on Twitter. Find ABC on Facebook and read my blog at allisonbrownconsulting.com. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week.